Psalm 1 speaks of people who know that they are children of God, precious in the sight of the Lord. Hear God's word. Blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let us pray. Help us not to be afraid, O God, for you have redeemed us. You call us by name. Your love for us is everlasting. It shall have no end. And we are grateful. From this foundation of your love for us, may we, by your Spirit, become like trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in season, leaves never withering. In all that we do, blessed, so that we can be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John Cougar Mellencamp. Any Mellencamp fans among us? Uh, late 70s, most of the 80s, a rock star. And one of his most popular early hits was affectionately known as a little ditty about Jack and Diane. <laughs> now, uh, I, uh, I have this habit of singing songs, the words of which I do not know, for decades. And this week I looked up the words of the song and I realized how much I had missed the actual <laughs> words when I was singing them. But also, I maybe you're like me, I can sing a song that I don't really know the words, but the words that I do know... For 40 years, I can miss the meaning of them. And that occurred to me. That realization happened this week. Um, I'm singing along with John in the car, um, this little ditty. And I sing along this line that says, Oh yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Oh yeah, they say, life goes on. Long after the thrill of living is gone. And it hits me, with a little help from Alicia, that he's basically saying, after your teenage years, it's all downhill from there. <laughs> I mean, just throw in the towel. Anything after teenage life is going to be a disappointment. Life goes on, yes, but the thrill is long gone. And I can't imagine... I can't imagine someone who follows the call of Psalm 1 to ever say that. Ever. Uh, verse 3. We know the image. It speaks of a person who is like a tree planted by streams of water. And, and that person has deep, deep roots. And though that person at some point in teenage life may experience the joy of romance, as Jack and Diane's story tell us, yes, perhaps, 
But that person knows that there is a life with God and with neighbor and for God and for neighbor that has a richness to it, a depth to it, a blessedness to it that lasts as long as we shall live, as long as we have the privilege of living. Trees planted by streams of water, there is a trust in God that's implied. There's stability. Uh, the ups and downs of life do not scare us away. There is patience that emerges. There is fruitfulness. Bears their fruit in season. The leaves, they do not wither. There is prosperity. All that they do is blessed. The psalmist is not saying that person who's like a tree planted by streams of water will always be wealthy. It's not about that. It's a prosperity based in a life that knows I am truly blessed. And all that we do, God is at work. God is blessing. God is spreading the love of Jesus for the person who lives in that way couple of hunches. I'm guessing that all of us can come quick, comes quickly to mind, all of us can name a person in our lives who has been for us like a tree planted by streams of water. And if we can't immediately name someone, if that person is absent in our lives, we wish that they were there. Someone to whom we turn, someone to whom we look as a person of deep faith, rooted in God, loves us, blesses us, is patient with us, is always for us. My hunch is that we either have that person or persons in our lives or we wish that we did. That's the first hunch. Second hunch is that there's a part of all of us that wants to be that person. Like a tree planted by streams of water. We want to be that person for our own experience. Blessed is what verse 1 says. If you're like this, you're blessed. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman. Blessed is the person who lives in this way. There is rich fulfillment in life when we are like stream, trees planted by streams of water. We... We want that for ourselves, but more than that, I believe, my hunch, my guess is that in each of us, there is that part of us that longs to be not just blessed in this way, but longs to be a blessing for others because we have become for them like trees planted by streams of water. Well, let's look at the psalm. And see what guidance it gives to us if we want to be, like verse 3 says, stream, trees planted by streams of water. The first verse speaks to things we should not do if we want to be these trees. Blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. The wicked in this context are people actively at work against the purposes of God. The wicked are people who by their very lives uh, are obstacles to the spread of God's love and blessings among us. 
And so in this sense, to listen to the wicked is to listen to the advice of someone who intentionally wants to lead us astray. It is to listen to the advice of someone who, is, who does not have our own best interests in mind, but who only wants to use us for their purposes. And then in verses 4 and 5, uh, the psalmist speaks to the wicked. The righteous, those who have their roots deep in God, are like trees planted by streams of water, stable, heavy, weight-weighted with their goodness and faithfulness. But the wicked are like the chaff that the wind blows away, the images of the winnowing fork, uh, picking up the grain on the threshing floor, floor, lifting it up. The heavier parts, the good parts, the healthy parts, fall down to the ground and are used. The, the wasted parts, the parts that have no, uh, no good in them for the farmer, they're the chaff and they just blow away. Psalm 1 says that the wicked are like that. No weight to them. No stability to them. No lasting power to them. Uh, they will not stand in the judgment. They will not stand in the seat of the congregation. They will perish. Their way will perish. There is, there is, no, um, there is no weight to them. The way that there is weight to that tree that's planted by streams of water. Verse 1 says, don't follow their advice. Don't do it if you want to be like a tree planted by streams of water. The next part of verse 1, or take the path that sinners tread. Do not take that path. Verse 1 is not saying that there is that it's possible that we can be without sin, that we can live in such a way that we are free from sin. We'll always be sinners. Instead, notice the emphasis on the path, the way. There is a path of sinfulness that sinners, that the world, that the wicked tempt us to walk. And when you're on that way, you become habitual in your sinfulness. You become uh, uh, mired in a rut that leads away from God instead of leading to God. Again, it's not that we can ever become sinless in this life, but there is this danger of being on the path that sinners tread, a path that leads us away from being the people that God has created us to be. And then third in verse 1, blessed are those who do not sit in the seat of scoffers. Now, I have to confess, and I say this with all respect to my male elders, I really do, but when I've read this verse, who sit in the seat of scoffers, I've always thought of grumpy old men who <laughs> So there are, is such a thing as grumpy old men. You do know so. Okay. All right. You said that, not me. All right. When I think of sitting in the seat of scoffers, I sit, think of grumpy old men sitting around and complaining about everything and everyone that comes by. <clears throat> scoffers. Not a positive word to say. Not a word of grace for others. A lack of patience. Not a desire to bless. Psalm 1, verse 1 says, don't be like that. Don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Don't sit in the seat of judgment, judging others negatively and, in effect, putting yourself above them. Instead, be the person who sees others with grace and love and wisdom. Three things not to do. Don't listen to the advice of the wicked. Don't walk in the path that sinners tread. Don't sit in the seat of scoffers. If you want to be like trees 
planted by streams of water. Then verse 2, the more positive response. But their delight, delight in the law of the Lord, on his law, meditate day and night. To be like that tree planted by streams of water is to find our source of life in God and in God's word. The stream image is that of someone whose roots are deep in the word. And from a New Testament perspective, the stream is that person whose roots are deep in the word and the Lord this word reveals. Power of the Spirit connected to the stream, connected to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And verse 2 points us to that rootedness by delighting in and meditating on God's word. I like to think of it as duty and delight. Duty is a good thing. Duty is a very important thing. And we have a duty, a discipline, to read the Word. We read the Word whether we feel like it or not. We read the Word whether we're excited about it or not. That's duty. That's discipline. That's good. But there are also those times when out of that sense of duty and discipline, we are reading God's Word and delight overcomes us. We are filled with joy as we encounter God's truth, as we encounter God's presence, as we encounter God's beauty in the written Word. We know that in our relationship with each other, in our relationships, let's say, with our children. If we are parents, there are times, many times, perhaps, that we do things out of duty. We do things for them because we are supposed to. They need us to do these things. And then there are those moments when it's not a duty, it's a delight. Because we are filled with joy. The same is true for God's Word. When we delight in the Word of the Lord, there is something that happens within us that sinks our roots deep into that water which is God's presence. And we become like those healthy, fruitful, stable trees. And then the psalmist says in verse uh, 2, they meditate, you meditate on the word of God, on the law of God all the time. Okay, remember that when this psalm was written, it was at least 2,000 years before the beginning, before the invention of the printing press. Uh, you didn't have your own Bible back then. You didn't have the New Testament. The Old Testament, what had been written to this point, was written on scrolls. And there was not a scroll in every household. You were blessed if you had a scroll in every village. And you were blessed if you had more than one person who could read that scroll. Which meant that on the Sabbath day, when the scroll of the Lord was read, you listened. And you listened deeply. And you had someone read it over and over and over again until it became a part of you. You meditated on the Word of God, and it became a part of you. We're blessed to have such easy access to the Scriptures. We're blessed to be literate, to have a literate society. It's a wonderful thing. We wouldn't want it any other way, and yet by our easy access to God's Word, it is so easy not to meditate on the Scriptures, but to breeze through in our reading. To read on a surface level, but to meditate is to read slowly. It is to listen for the Word of God. It is to connect with God and with each other as we listen to the Spirit speak the Word into us. If we want to be like trees 
planted by streams of water that are fruitful and lives that are blessed. We will move beyond a surface level reading of scripture both individually and in Sunday school and in worship and will seek to sink our roots deep meditating on God's word. Three things not to do in this passage if we want to be like these trees. And then one thing to do. Delight and meditate in the law of the Lord. And then when that happens, there's this wonderful phrase at the end of the psalm in verse 6. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. The Lord watches over us. And that is a great comfort. It was a great comfort to the Israelites, when they first heard these words, it's a great comfort to us. And yet we read this psalm in light of the New Testament. We read this psalm in light of the truth that the Lord not only watches over us, but dwells within us through the Holy Spirit. When we embrace Jesus Christ by faith, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. And it's not just us. In our own strength, trying not to listen to the advice of the wicked, not to follow the path of sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. It's not just us in our own strength trying to delight and meditate on the word of God. But it is the Holy Spirit living in us that empowers us and enables us to do these things. In fact, to become like trees planted by streams of water, fruitful for others, blessed lives that we live, is to realize that... There's not enough delighting and not enough meditating on the law of the Lord to make us like Jesus. Only Jesus can do that through the Spirit. We participate. We do have to meditate. We dive deep and delight in the Lord. We seek to live faithful lives. But we do this as our part in participating with the Spirit's part in making us like those trees planted by streams of water. I don't know what it was like for the Israelites before Jesus came, but my personal experience and my observations of others reveal that it is extremely difficult to become like trees planted by streams of water apart from the presence of the Holy Spirit working in us. We can't do it. And becoming like these trees, these folks that we all look up to and there's a part of us that we want to be like, it's all rooted in what Bill and Debbie sang a moment ago. It's rooted in this awareness that we are God's children loved by Jesus and when we are rooted in the love of Jesus for us, then we can do the things that verses 1 and 2 tell us to do if we want to be the people God has called us to be. Uh, Youth Sunday was in March this past year, and our son Luke uh, gave the pastoral prayer, and I just have to tell you, as he prayed that prayer, I was one proud papa. I mean, that prayer was awesome, and I'm thinking to myself as Luke is praying this prayer, he put some work in this, there is theological depth to this prayer, he, he, where did this come from? I mean, it was amazing. But there was also something familiar about the prayer, familiar about the words, but more than that, familiar about the cadence and rhythm of the prayer. And so after church, I asked, I first said to Luke, Luke, that was a great prayer. 
Uh, how did you come up with that prayer? And in that moment, he confessed, well, uh, Dad, you remember that song by the Commodores called Jesus is Love? Um, maybe you remember the Commodores in the 70s and 80s, and, and, and they released this gospel song then. And Luke had taken the words of that song, which is a prayer, and he had adapted them, and he had prayed that song for the pastoral prayer. By the way, I think that's brilliant. I think that's faithful. There is nothing wrong with taking someone else's written prayer and then offering it to God in the congregation of worship uh, as our own prayer. Nothing wrong with that. So I, I was proud of it. Proud of his faithfulness and his creativity. But here's what happened for me that day. Came back to church that night for something and was waiting for the youth. And, and I was in my office. And I just, I, I had forgotten that the Commodores did this song. You know, Lionel Richie singing about Jesus. I had forgotten about that. <laughs> and so I did this YouTube search. And I, I looked at as many videos as I could of, of the Commodores singing that song. And the one that blessed my heart was from a concert in 1980 in Las Vegas, of all places. And they sing this song, Jesus' love, He won't let you down. And I know He is mine. He is mine forever. And they're singing this in Vegas, and they've got a gospel choir behind them. And then towards the end of the song, uh, Richie gets up from the piano, he takes the mic, and he starts preaching. I mean, he is preaching. And, and it's 1980, and, and it's an election year, and he said people want to look to politicians, elected officials, or people want to look to technology, or people want to look to money to solve the problems of the world. And he says, you and I know that the only thing this world needs is Jesus and his love. And then, again, this is Vegas, the whole crowd singing back and forth with the Commodores, Jesus is love. I know. Jesus is love. And if you ask, I'll tell you so. Love is the answer. His love is the answer for the world. And I am not ashamed to tell you that I wept. I wept as I watched that video. Why? Because it's true. Jesus is love. He won't let you down. He is with us always, forever, in our hearts. And if we want to be like trees planted by streams of water, if we want to have any hope of not walking along the path that sinners tread or not becoming like people who sit around and complain about others all the time, if we want to have any hope, of truly delighting in the Word of God and meditating on it day and night, then I believe it must be rooted in the truth that Jesus is love, and He loves us, and He loves the world, and He's with us, and He wants to do His work in the world through us, like trees planted by streams May it be so for you and for me, for our church. Amen. Let's pray.
outside of the room. Teach them, teach us to love one another. That heaven might find a place in our hearts. For Jesus, Jesus we know, truly is love. And he won't let us down. We're grateful, Lord Jesus, that that is so. And we pray, Father, as we receive the love of Jesus each moment anew through the Holy Spirit who lives within us, that you would help each of us to sink our roots deeper and deeper and deeper. That is the stream of your presence as we meditate and delight upon your word. And as we live lives of faithfulness. And we pray that rooted in your love as you grow us into the people and into the church that you have made us to be. That you would bear fruit through us. To draw people to Jesus. And to further the work of your kingdom in the world. Make us a blessing, O Lord. As we find ourselves rooted in your love. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Make me a blessing, hymn 670, as we sing. As always, we open the doors of our church fellowship symbolically to receive those who have professed faith in Jesus publicly for the first time. Or who, as followers of Christ already, would unite with our church, or you may simply need to come forward and pray. But as we sing, may it be a song rooted in the love of Jesus, and may it be a prayer that God truly would make us a blessing to the world. Would you stand as we sing?
be blessed and to be trees planted by streams of water. Go forth in the name of the Son who made it possible for us to be blessed and go forth in the name of the Spirit who empowers us to delight and meditate upon God's Word and who connects us to the never-ending presence of God.